faithfulness is the uh, serpent in the wilderness. How um, when uh, they were rebelling against the Lord, the Lord showed them to look upon something that was cursed. And, uh, and as uh, they looked upon that cursed thing, Scripture says cursed is he that is uh, put on a tree. Uh, and, uh, and the serpent more cursed than anything. And yet, if, as they looked at it, they lived. And really a foreshadowing of the Messiah. Well, we are continuing our studies in the book of Ephesians, uh, discussing the new halakha, the new law, the new walk God has given us. And uh, the word halak means to walk, and, and we are to walk in Messiah. And so this section we come to now uh, gives us uh, a, uh, two types of ways to walk either walking in a worldly way. We've already begun to look at that uh, sort of uh, uh, way, uh, way in how to walk. Uh, but he, Paul now deals with something a little bit more clear. Uh, and so if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians, and uh, we'll break it apart and uh, look at it. But this is the section we want to deal with, Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 5. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous that is, an, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Messiah and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for be, because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. So who we walk with uh, determines really what our walk ourselves will be like. Uh, it, is it possible to be content with your sin and truly be a follower of God. There are some that um, perhaps you're familiar with. I know I've, in my years of walking as a believer, have, have met some who seem to be content in their lifestyle, content where they're at, content in many cases in their sin, and believe that they're followers of God. And so this is a passage that is a wake-up call to many who think they are believers. Uh, from time to time, we need a wake-up call. Uh, we need to be shaken a little bit. We're all vulnerable to sin, but this is a passage that describes those who consistently live in a way that's not pleasing to the Lord. And the word, operative word there is consistent. What is your consistent walk? Is it pleasing to the Lord or not? In his letter to the Galatians, Paul warned us not to be deceived about this. He says, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. And the one who sows to please the Spirit, well, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And so there are these two ways that we can walk. One is in the Spirit, and one is according to the flesh. And, and if we're going to be successful in that walk that God wants us to walk, we need to walk in the power of God's Spirit. Uh, in the earlier parts of this letter, he talked about the sealing of God's Spirit. And, and so we need to abide in the Spirit of God if we're going to be fruitful and experience the abundant life that God has for us. Those who are sons of God have the Holy Spirit living in them and will live their lives to please God. It's something that's in our kishkas because we've been born again. Something that has come into us. God's Spirit. We become children of God. And the Spirit of God in us testifies that we, in fact, are the children of God. When we lapse into sin, we'll be convicted of it because the Spirit of God is in us. 
they'll be sincerely sorry for their sin, and, and not just sorry that they got caught. You know, there's a sorrow that leads to life, and then there's a sorrow that leads to death. The sorrow that leads to, to life is the sorrow that David had when, when he was confronted by Nathan regarding his sin. You remember what David said? Uh, he said, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. So because of the Spirit of God in him, he, the Spirit of God was grieved inside of him. He sensed it, and he cried out to the Lord. And if you are a child of God, and you find yourself grieved and, and not experiencing the joy of the Lord, you need to seek him as David sought him. Um, actually, for a while, David even didn't seek him. But God raised up Nathan, the prophet, to come to him. And so when Nathan came to him, David acknowledged his sin to the Lord. And he, he did not hide his iniquity. He confessed it. And I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. And so this is the life of a believer. This is the life of someone who, who in Messiah experiences the abundant life, who experiences the life that, that um, comes from the Spirit of God working in him and through him. Um, on the other hand, those who live according to their natural ways will embrace sin because they leave, live to, to satisfy their sinful nature. In other words, they live to please themselves. They do what feels comfortable to them. And that's the natural man. There are two ways that we can walk. Walk according to the flesh or walk according to the spirit. One leads to life, the other leads to death. That road leads to death and not life, as, as the scriptures tell us. And so Paul is warning against thinking that you can pursue an immoral lifestyle acceptable to our culture and still be followers of the God of Israel. And really that's the battle that we follow, or that we, that we experience in, in our walk with God. Either we're going to live like the world, or we're going to live like the Spirit of God, supernaturally. We cannot live supernaturally apart from the Spirit of God. And, and who we abide in, who we uh, walk with, will determine uh, whether or not our, our walk is leading to life. And that's what the book of Ephesians is, is that we might have life and that we might have it abundantly. That's his, that's his uh, desire for us as his children. There is a distinction between leaping and lapsing into sin. There is a distinction. Uh, there's a vast difference between the consequences of those differing lifestyles, leaping or lapsing. Those who lapse do not lose their inheritance because of the Spirit of God. Having believed, Scripture tells us in Ephesians 1, you were marked with the seal, the seal of the Spirit of God, who guarantees our inheritance to the praise of His glory. If we have been sealed by the Spirit of God, then, then like David, when the Spirit comes to us, we will acknowledge it and feel convicted, and as a result, turn from one way back to God. However, in chapter 2, Paul describes how all of us were dead in our transgressions, and sins, and were children of, of wrath. We were not born children of God. We had to be born again. And when we were born again, the Spirit of God came to us. But before those in Yeshua, but for those in Yeshua, God has replaced His wrath with mercy and grace. For God, as as First Thessalonians tells us, tells us, did not appoint us to suffer wrath, 
but salvation through our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. God wants us to experience that kind of life. Not wrath, but life. There are consequences when we sin. It hinders our relationship with, with the Lord. That goes back to that scripture that God is not mocked. There are consequences when we sin. As Again, David being the example of it. Uh, while David was forgiven, there were consequences. And, and what the Lord wants us to, to, to experience is, is life so that we don't experience consequence for our sin. Uh, like the Israelites when they walked with the Lord. They experienced blessing and doors opening and joy and, and fellowship and abundant life. God has to discipline us so that we can recognize the sin and confess it and repent it and repent from it. So if, you, if the Lord's hand is upon you, understand that, that the walk of the Lord in his love, the Lord is working his work in you to bring you back to himself, to bring you back to life, to bring you back to, to his abundant life. And, and if we confess it and repent of it, we, we're restored. If we're children of God, we'll never lose our inheritance or face the wrath of God. But for those who have a lifestyle, who live a lifestyle that's characterized by sin, the consequences are much more severe. And, and, and how do we attune ourselves to, to, to the mind of God? Well, we've, we've been discussing that in, in the book of Ephesians. It's by reading the word. That's what gets our thinking attuned to the, to the walk of the Lord. And so uh, when, when we live a lifestyle that's characterized by the world, we don't experience the life of God. Those people demonstrate that they have no inheritance, both now and in the future. That's what Paul is saying. There is a distinction. And that distinction is experienced even now. The children of wrath, that is the children who are not born of the Spirit of God, be, are already experiencing a, a living death, kind of like uh, the characters uh, of the Twilight series. They're alive, but they're dead. Um, and, and they're not experiencing abundant life. But if you have the Spirit of God, then, then God's work will continue that process in you to get him to walk with him. For this you know with certainty, that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Messiah and God. That's what Paul is saying here. Now this is a unique phrase here, the kingdom of Messiah and God. Uh, Ephesians 5.5. 5. Uh, some interesting aspects of it. First, it is a present tense verb. The immoral person has no inheritance. Um, this is also the only place in the Bible where the phrase, the kingdom of Messiah and of God, is used in one sentence there. The kingdom of Messiah and of God. Um, and so Paul uses these two concepts in his writings. The kingdom of, of Messiah speaks of the presence. When you are in the Spirit of God, you experience the kingdom now. We're not waiting just for, to die uh, for pie in the sky, as it were. Scripture tells us, that when we walk with the Lord, we have the kingdom now. We have the kingdom of Messiah. Um, that's the present. The person, who, however, who lives an immoral lifestyle demonstrates, first of all, that he is a citizen of the world and not of the kingdom of Messiah. And so there are two kingdoms that we live in. One is of God and one is of the world. The kingdom of Messiah is a kingdom of joy of peace. 
And it's a walk with the Lord. But the kingdom of the world is, is a lifestyle that consistently rebels against God and his word. And that kind of walk leads not only to death, but everlasting death. When Paul uses the phrase kingdom of God, he uses it to refer to the future, the eternal reign of God. That kingdom where God is forever with us. And all darkness, all sin, um, all evil is out of our presence. And it's, it's, it's the divine kingdom. That's the kingdom of God. That's a, that's a day yet future. For example, he, he cites it here in, in Galatians. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, and discord. Jealousy, fits of rage and selfish ambitions, dissensions and factions, envy and drunkenness and orgies and and the like. And I warn you, Paul writes, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the eternal state. That's the eternal joy. That's that place that, that, that we're going to be together with without any negativity. And so Paul uses the phrase sons of God to describe those whose lifestyle is consistent with the character of God. And again, the way that, that, that we experience that is through walking with him. That word again, halacha, word used over and over again in the book of Ephesians, walking with the Lord. The phrase sons of disobedience describe those whose lives are characterized by immoral living. Those who could care less about the things of God. Although they may say with their mouth that they're children of God, but they demonstrate by their walk that they're not. I've actually known guys in ministry that I've served with who with their mouth taught and preached about the things of God, but with their, their lifestyle they did not. And, and, and not long afterwards they were gone. And, and the Lord separated them. And, and remove them. The phrase sons of disobedience is characterized those who are living immorally. The wrath of God includes a present now as well as a future aspect of God's wrath that, that they'll experience. And so either you are in the kingdom of God or you're in the kingdom of the world and on a path that leads to destruction. We see this present aspect of wrath in, in the book of Romans. You remember Paul's writing about it. He says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth of their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. In other words, through general revelation. God has made himself available to all men. If they look at nature, if they look at the seasons and how they change and, and God's provision... Men can know about God, learn about God, and, and, but, but, they, but they refuse to. They harden their hearts. Paul uses a present tense verb here. The wrath of God is being revealed. Paul goes on to describe this present wrath of God. He says, therefore God gave them over to their sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity of the degrading of their bodies with one another, and because of this God gave them over to shameful lusts. There comes a point when God gives people over to their sinful desires of their hearts. So maybe God is speaking to you today. Maybe there's an area in your life that, that, that he's trying to convict you of. Um, if you're a child of God, respond to it. That you might turn from it 
and have life. But there comes a point where God says, it dayenu, enough. I'm, I'm not going to work with you anymore. And, and we never want to get to that point. Um, Saul was one who three times grieved the Spirit of God. And, and the Spirit of God left Saul. And he had nothing but trouble. He, he remained a child of God, I believe. But he lost the joy of the Lord. And for those who are outside of the kingdom, well, the wrath of God abides on them and they walk continually in rebellion to God. We need to respond to the Spirit's working on our heart if there's something not right with us and turn to the Lord. A recent article in the USA Today says this, nearly 40% of American babies were born out of wedlock. An all-time high, more than twice the rate in 1980. Do you realize in 1980, only 18% of children were born outside of wedlock. Now, 40%. And I think from the time this article was written, I think it was written in 2006, I mean, how much more has, has that increased? Uh, people feel more free to pick and choose their life trajectories and feel less compelled to marry today. It all leads to terrible consequences. We wonder why the world is the way it is. It's because they've rejected the Spirit of God. But we who are children of God need to respond and walk with Him in, in that walk that we might bear fruit and rescue, be used of God to rescue those who are perishing. As terrible as the present wrath of God is now on our world, there's something worse to come. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. The difference between a lapse and a leap lies in our walk with the Messiah. Uh, If we walk with him, yes, there are times where we will lapse. But we're not going to be continually walking away from him. A person who professes faith in Yeshua, but whose lifestyle remains consistent with that of the world, demonstrates who their Lord really is. If you profess to be a believer and are not walking closer to the Lord, and and seeking to walk closer to the Lord, then you demonstrate who your Lord is. And it's not Messiah. It's not Yeshua. It's the God of this world. And it's his world that you're a part of. To just pray or walk an aisle and live the same way shows whom you are serving. Remember Dylan wrote that song, you've got to serve someone. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord. If you're serving the Lord, you're going to grow in your walk. You're going to be strengthened in your walk. And you're going to draw closer to the Lord. And it shows that you really are serving God. There's a crucial aspect of becoming a follower of Yeshua that we often overlook. We talk about Yeshua being our Savior and Lord. But I'm not sure we understand the implications of what that means. He will not be Savior if He's not Lord. It's not a part-time deal. I know for me, when I, when I talked my wife into marrying me, and that was quite a, quite a lot of talking, um, I had an idea of what marriage was. I think I've shared this with you. I had an idea of what marriage was. And then I got married. And then I realized I had no idea what, what that was really involved. Um, and so I had a choice to make. If I was going to stay married, I had to change. I had to, I had to be different. And, and the same thing happened in my walk with the Lord. I speak from experiences. A couple of years after I came to faith that I began to be obedient. <clears throat> I believed Yeshua was the Messiah. 
But I was not obedient. And until I began really walking with the Lord, my life did not change. Until I began having and seeking Yeshua as Lord of my life, my life did not change. I did, my walk was no different than the world. I was a believer. I was a professing believer. But I, I was not a genuine believer. I didn't have the, the Spirit of God fully working in my life because Yeshua was not Lord. He was not King. He was not the boss. Um, my faith only began to bear fruit when I surrendered to him as Lord. And that's what Paul is getting at in this walk. We, we need to walk with him and bear fruit with him. And yes, occasionally we'll lapse into sin. But if Yeshua is Lord, like David, the Spirit of God will convict you and call you to return to him. And you'll respond. But if, if, if you don't respond, if, if you're not being called back to God, then you have to ask yourself, A, am I a believer? Or B, am I getting to the point where God's Spirit is turning away from me? And if that's the case, the consequences are disastrous. They lead to death and not life. When I give up control of my life, when I gave up control of my life and came to experience the difference, Yeshua, as, as my Lord, brought that change in my life. And he can bring it a change in your life. What determines whether my sin is a lapse or a lifestyle is who is my Lord and who is Lord of my life. And that's Paul's point here in this portion of this new halakha, this new walk that we find in the book of Ephesians. We have a choice. And the choice is either make self the Lord and be an idolater, which is living a life characterized by immorality and rebellion to God. That's the choice. Or make Yeshua Lord and live a life that is pleasing to Him. We can't have it both ways. You need to choose. Choose the Lord and you'll have life. John makes the same point, doesn't he? He says this, No one born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. And this is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God. Essentially what John is saying is, are you choosing the Lord? And are you living for him? And is he the boss? Is he the king of your life? Moses, by the way, said the same thing. He said, see, I've set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity in that I command you today to love the Lord your God. See, that's, that's the Lord as king, not just the Savior, but as Lord. Is, Israel was saved from Egypt. All of Israel was saved, but not all Israel experienced the lordship of, of God. And as a result, they were laid low in the wilderness. And Moses made that choice apparent and called Israel to make that choice of having God as Lord. And so this is consistent. This is not something new. This halacha has been from the very foundation. Choose the Lord and you'll find life. As he goes on to say, walk in his ways and keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that you may live and that the Lord your God may bless you. But if your hearts turn away and you will not obey but are drawn away and worship other gods, that's idolatry. That's, that's not walking with the Lord. And serve them. I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. Now was all Israel saved? 
Well, all Israel was saved. They were delivered. But not all Israel experienced life. And it's true today for us. You may have come to trust Jesus as your Savior, but unless He's your Lord, He's not going to bring to you the life that you desire, the life that He desires for you. You need to make Him Lord. And if the Spirit of God is speaking to you today, I urge you to respond to Him. Take an honest look at your life. Is your life characterized by living in sin and loving it? Then consider carefully whether you've made Yeshua Lord of your life. And if you've never done that, I invite you today to make that decision. Today, if you hear His voice, don't harden your heart, but receive the Lord. Two paths lie for all of us. As it did for Israel, so it lies for us. Will Yeshua be our King and Lord? Or or will we be the boss of our lives? God says to us, as He said through Moses, as He said through John, as He says through Paul, choose life. That is, choose me as Lord of your life. Be filled with the Spirit of God and experience the abundant life. And if you will, you will have that life. You will have uh, fruit in your life and uh, the joy that God wants you to have. And so with that, would you join me in prayer? Avinu Malkinu, our Father and our King, we thank you and praise you for your word, which is a a lamp unto feet, a light unto our path. We thank you for the, the walk that you've called your people, your children to. That, Lord, ever since the Garden of Eden, you've desired your children to walk with you. And all you ask is that is that we eat of the fruit that is your word, the fruit of life and the fruit of the Spirit, that we might abide in you and walk with you in, in heavenly places. Oh, Father, I pray for each of us here this morning that, that we would embrace this new halakha that you've given to us. Really, it's not that new. It's a walk that you've called throughout the ages, the walk of Abraham, the walk of Isaac, the walk of Jacob, the walk of Israel. And now the walk for each of us to choose you as Lord and to surrender our lives, even as, as Jacob did at Peniel. So you call us to surrender, to give up, and to surrender our lives to you. Father, may you fill us with your Spirit. And if there's things in our lives that are not right, may your Spirit move us to confess it, acknowledge it, that we might have life and have it abundantly. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.